Have you ever looked around and felt as though you were all alone and unsupported in one of the hardest times of your life? What thoughts came to you then? What feelings swamped you or filled you up? How positive did you feel? Often when we feel isolated or abandoned or alone in a time when we absolutely don't want to be alone, that can leave us reeling and feeling as if there is no hope, as if we are unloved, and as if we are unlovable. I want to lean into that today. My name is Masha Nathai Balkisun, and I help busy professionals to love life again and solve their feelings of life overwhelm without working harder and longer, chasing unending goals through the use of my five-step joy and fulfillment program. If you're interested in having a call with me, reach out to me at marsha at marshanb.com. You aren't perfect, and neither am I. But that doesn't make it okay for us to find ourselves in a place where we feel like there's nobody who cares about us and nobody who we can lean on. However, when we are standing alone in the midst of some crisis, as long as we have the wherewithal to lean on ourselves, there's much hope left. I want to remind you that loving yourself, as cheesy as that might sound, is critical as the first step when we are going through a crisis. Often, when we are facing difficult situations and there are so many demands on us, we put everybody else above our own needs. We put everybody else's demands higher up on our to-do list than our own self-love and self-care. And that makes no sense. You know why? Because if we take away all of the energy that we have to draw on, if we suck ourselves dry in order to give others sucker, and never pause enough 
to care for ourselves. The time is going to come when we have nothing more to give. And so it is critical, even in the toughest times, even in the crisis, where you feel that to be a good person, you have to be there for everyone else, you absolutely need to be able to stop and give yourself a little care as well. Or else, you yourself are going to flop. You yourself are going to run out of energy, run out of ideas, run out of other resources, and be unable to show up for anybody else. That's defeating the whole purpose. So I want you to think, what's the big challenge that you are facing or that you have recently faced? How did you lean into that? How did you make sure that you were able to step up and deal effectively. And if you weren't, what was it that prevented you from being able to deal effectively? And what do you need to start doing now so that if a similar situation happens again, you're not going to find yourself living out the same scenario. When my daughter was eight months old, she had open heart surgery. And all went well, but shortly after, a mistake was made while she was in the intensive care unit and she bled out and she flatlined so effectively she died in the bed after 20 minutes her heart restarted and the event left her severely brain injured so that we were told she would be in a vegetative state for life. That was certainly a time when I felt as if I were alone and facing a future that would be dark forever. And when I looked around, I didn't find any hope of support from others. I saw people who just disappeared themselves and who would not come to our home because it must have been quite challenging for anyone to come to our home and surround themselves by such pain and such fear, such despair. But I didn't 
I couldn't think about that at that time. And you know what I thought instead? I thought that nobody loved me. I thought I was absolutely unlovable. I read the absence of any loved ones as proof that I had been rejected by everyone. And I used my willpower to keep going. There wasn't much else in those days except willpower to push my husband and I on every day. It took me seven years to slowly push back the darkness that wrapped itself tightly around me because of what had happened and because of the kind of life that we were living as a result. That darkness stuck to me. I breathed it in and it filled me up. I saw that my life would forever be characterized by the same fear and pain. And the darkness showed different qualities to me depending on which perspective I chose to look at. So sometimes it would be blame and guilt and I would ask myself if I had done something to cause this. Had I chosen the wrong hospital? Had I done poor research? Had I not advocated enough? There was blame even with therapy. If I spent time going to work because we had huge bills to manage, I felt guilty because I told myself I should be doing therapy with my daughter. If I was doing therapy with my daughter, I felt guilty because I should be at work, making sure to work hard so I could get another contract and not risk the financial security of my family. I unpacked so much from inside myself that I judged to be lacking. I looked at my own hours spent working with my daughter at home and I could always find fault. I should be doing more. I should be doing different things. She was not developing and part of the reason was that I was not discovering enough. I was not discovering new courses to educate myself with so that I could build at-home interventions with her 
that were intensive enough, fast enough, effective enough. And the list went on and on. And at work, I worked over time. I worked straight into the night. I'd come home, see about my family. After I got the kids off to bed, I would work on my job, doing research, writing papers, and so on. And still, even with three hours sleep, I would tell myself, not good enough, you're not working fast enough, you're not working consistently enough. That's an extreme example, I know. But extreme examples help us to take stock of where we might sometimes behave in similar ways. So think about yourself. How are you letting the darkness wrap itself tighter and tighter and tighter around you? And get into your bloodstream and get into the very air that you breathe and almost become what defines you as you. Do you choose to continue to live a life where you see much more easily how unworthy you are or the ways in which you are not enough? If you find that you have been spending too much time pointing out your not enoughness, instead of seeing how transcendent and how joyful and how wonderful you are, or how wonderful your life is, then let this be a wake-up call so that you start shifting. That shift does not come immediately. Like I said, my shift took seven years. But that shift, even in micro steps, makes such a huge difference. So there are a couple ways that I want to recommend you make a shift into more joy and fulfillment for yourself. And that's what the next section will look at. Try this one first. It will bolster your confidence that you can and will succeed as you push back against the challenge. Look back on yourself five years ago. Put yourself in that person who is five years younger than you are right now. And as you stand in that younger version's shoes, look forward to the person that you are today and think, how would younger me perceive the person that I am today. What would younger me be proud of me about? What would younger me be amazed about my growth, 
about my service, about my impact, about the phenomenal shifts that I've made, whether unseen or seen. Take stock of all of those positives. And I'd say, write them down because they become part of your arsenal whenever you need to boost your confidence and push yourself forward. Lean on that reflection to remind yourself no challenge is going to keep you down. Challenges may slow us down. Challenges may make us fall. But we have within us, you have within you, all that you need to get up again and again, learning each time so that you can overcome. Tip two revolves around the part of our mind that runs around screaming in terror and telling us that we are going to fail, blames us for the mistakes we've made in the past and pulls every past mistake out to catalog them and rehash them and leave us in a state of self-doubt and feeling shaken so that our confidence is blown and we really can't get ourselves together. If you had a friend who was going through a challenge and they came to you and they were sharing all of these same stories about what a failure they were and how many times they'd fallen down and how inevitable it was that they would fail, what would you say to them? I'm pretty sure you are going to help to build their confidence up. You're going to remind them about all that you see in them that makes them capable. And tell them also that you have so much faith in their ability. And encourage them to move forward. So why don't we do that a little bit more for ourselves? That's the second tip. The second tip is stop being a negative Nelly to yourself. Stop beating yourself down. And start building your own self up. You are your biggest critic. But you can turn that around and become your biggest cheerleader. Not too long ago, we had a power outage. And I called my nephew. And I said to him, how bored are you? And he said, you know, I'm really bored because my phone is not charged and here I am stuck with no electricity, with nothing to do and I'm just 
sitting here. And I reminded him that I'd given him a hand crank charger that he could connect his phone to, to charge his phone. <laughs> and he, uh, he said, okay, okay, auntie, I've got to go. I have something important to do. And he cut the phone call off because he was off to charge his phone. If we pre-charge ourselves with positivity, when the darkness of a challenge comes our way, we have enough charge to help us to rally and not flag, not run out of energy or ideas or hope because that pre-charge keeps us going. So tip number three is to pre-charge and recharge ourselves. And that happens by us reminding ourselves that even if we don't feel people are around us to support us, we are still supported. Look around you and find the ways in your life that you are supported. Maybe it's a spouse or maybe it's just the fact that water shows up in your taps and electricity shows up in your home and you have groceries in your pantry so that there's something for you to eat. Maybe it's somebody who makes a phone call to you every now and again. All of those things are important. If you want even more support to deal with challenges, check out our catalogue of past episodes. We have episodes that deal with self-care, that help you to cope better with overwhelm, that walk you through how you might be able to deal more effectively with grief or fear or the tendency to be such a harsh inner critic to yourself. The list goes on and on. And I hope that you'll find even more support in our past episodes. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We hope that you'll subscribe and check in with us every Thursday for a new episode to help you to cope better and better with the challenges that come in our lives.